Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello guys, welcome back to Playing Out From The Back. Um, we've got a nice little season review or end of season review today. Um, I'm joined by Moses Spencer. How are you, pal? I'm all right, mate. I'm just here. Cup of coffee. Nice early morning one for once. I'm ready to go. So off the off the cider today, onto the coffee, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no cider today. Although I did, I did find one. I won't say the brand, but I did find a couple of interesting <laughs> ones. Uh, par- Palmer Violet and marshmallow flavor cider. Oh, palm, you know Palmer Violet. Yeah, that was yeah. the one. That was the one sweet that I never liked. That's the purple circle thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know, mate. I've got some. I've got some weird taste buds because I think I'm the only one on the planet that actually likes them because. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I used to always get those passed to me. That's probably why it was the one sweet <laughs> that I could always get off everyone. But uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, not not bad, not bad. But like you, yes, um, on on the water this morning uh, just to get me get, get my mind working. Um, but yeah, what a season, mate! What a season uh, we, we've had. Obviously, first one for praying out from the back as well, um, and obviously now a sort of a sort of final roundup, I suppose, of the of the European sort of finals. Um so let's get let's get into it with the Europa um final. Obviously Villarreal, Man United. Villarreal obviously uh picking picking it up and it's a good job we're not doing this in the evening because I would have probably uh, did the intro of good evening um uh, for everyone. <laughs> um, but listen, Unai Emery um, and I'm, we've all got our thoughts on this, and I know you said you know you should have given him some time. Obviously, at Arsenal, he's gone and he's gone and done it. Obviously, at Villarreal, and he's he's got to his specialist cup again that he's won. Um, he, is it? He's been in basically been in the final. At, I think it's like six of them. So have been have been Unai Emery. I mean, do you think it was it was fully deserved? Was it a masterclass by uh, Emery and um, Villarreal? Or was it poor selection and tactics from Man United? Where, where, where would you, where would you see it? First, uh, first things first. I just want to know why out of all the finals he got to, he was probably one of the only ones he lost. Why, <laughs> can, he, 
Why couldn't he dig us out a performance like that? Um, but um, yeah, I mean, listen, I didn't have a problem with Unai Emery. I realised he had to go, he had to leave Arsenal because obviously him and the players had fallen out, etc. And I know that the atmosphere, based on a few journalists, I know the atmosphere around the club weren't great. But um, I, I think it was more of a Emery masterclass. I think that the way he sets his team up and what he did in the game was quite smart. Once they got the first goal, I knew it would be an uphill battle for Manu because I knew that they could defend well. They don't leave no spaces. They're happy to defend all in their own half. Um, they break quite well. So I knew it would be a problem for Man United, for Man United once they went 1-0 down. But I always thought that they'd get back into the game um, and, and win it. Um, in regards to Oli, I've got to say, you know, look, you don't know I'm like, I'm an Oli fan, but he made a big error in that final by not playing any of his substitutes until what? Was it extra time that the first time he made the sub? Say, he's, only, he's, he's only just made the sub, I think. He's, <laughs> he's, only, he's only just, I mean, I, I was scree- it was scree- the game was screaming out for substitution, screaming out. But I think, you know what? I think he got caught in the mind of, I can't take that player off because he's take. I want him to take a take penalty. A pen. I yeah. can't take him off because I want him to take a penalty. But the, all of the while he was thinking that, the game was there for the taking. And yeah. and it was, it was, it was, the reason why I say it was a masterclass by Unai is because every time, man, you got up ahead of steam, he'd change something in the game. Like he'd change a tactic. Like I remember watching them and they'd go from, all 11 men behind the ball, edge of their box, 10 yards mm. from the keeper. And then all of a sudden, the, the whole team would be on a full press. And then they'd get Manchester United a bit jittery at the back. Like Man United couldn't play out from the back or they'd be giving it away a few times. They'd get them jittery at the back, ruin their flow. And then they'd drop right back in. And it was like they were just doing little things throughout the game to change the course of the game and throw Manchester While at the same time, the minutes were ticking away. Um, and I, I just think that that's where, that's where Una was smart. He's he's got experience in cup finals. That's cup final experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was, I was going to say just before just before you cut in there, I was going to say it's mm. the same sort of thing with Chelsea in terms of they're a team that's built for cup competitions by the way that they play by default. Don't concede a lot of goals. Um, very tight. Very compact. And play on the break. That's that's like a cup team always be good in cup finals, if you know what I mean. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah, they, you know, they, they set it up. And like you said, if you don't concede that many, you're, you're always on to a win if you can, if you know you've got the the talent there to nick a goal. That's, and I'd even go argue that with some of the league, leagues. If you look at Man City, what they built it on this year, obviously, and Stones and Diaz not, you know, hardly conceding goals. That's that's the way, you know, and that's this is a cliche, of course. If you don't concede a concede a goal, you're likely you're obviously likely to get the points you want, but you've obviously still got to win win the game. I hundred percent agree with the, the substitutions. The first substitution, hundred minutes, so extra time. And you're looking at, you know, he chucked on Tellers and Matter for penalties. Yeah, you know, hundred twenty plus three. Danny James probably looking at that again um, for for a sort of the. The, the penalty side of things are you know 116th minute but actually when you you could have gone that that little bit sooner you know i looked at i looked at um rash 
Greenwood. Um, I actually think McTominay had a really good game as well, mm-hmm. so I would have probably left him on. But when I looked at Greenwood and Rashford, you know, once Rashford missed that chance, albeit it may have been offside, you can see his head just... Rashford is a confidence player. Mm. So if he misses something like that, he, he does. And I, I like Rashford, so just don't be... I hope people don't think I'm going to... I'm being the, the Rashford basher, as it were, but it, well, it's not like that. But it, they're both gone. The, 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 the legs are gone. You can't keep, you know, going at that full pace every time. I know they're fit, you know, professional footballers and, and fits, but you need to have a bit of creation. creation. And like you said, Villarreal, Villarreal was sitting back, sitting back, sitting back. Now, if you're going to have a team that sits back, are you going to beat them with pace? You're not. Especially mm-hmm. when Man United, a lot of Man United's playing has been historically. And what Ollie's tried to go back to is this fast-paced counter that Man United used to you know used to come up waves it's one of the most frightening things if you ever see Man United live the break it's one of the most frightening things you ever, you ever watch in football live but as soon as they start to sit back this is when you need players like your one matter and actually I'd have argued about putting Van der Beek in there you know someone that can actually find a pass um, mm. you know just you know, that's where he needed to change it up he just didn't he hasn't this is where I think some of the best managers, um, a plan B, or, you know, can evaluate the game right there live and make those changes. And I think Oli just doesn't do it. Oli is, you know, uh, one size fits all for me. Mm. And he, he found that he found a formula that worked and it did really well. And I can't knock what they've done. He did. He found a formula that really worked. But when it comes to anyone sort of countering that, what have they got? I don't think they. I don't think they have that plan B. I think I think I think it was it's a it's a it's a nerves thing. It's it's in finals there's a fine balance between wanting to win it and not wanting to lose it. Do you mm. know what I mean? And I, I just think that Ollie thought eventually, eventually we're gonna get a goal. Eventually like surely eventually we're gonna get a goal. Whereas he could have thought, right, last twenty minutes, let's throw the kitchen sink at them, go with one holding midfielder. Push push Pogba a bit further on, and like you say, get a matter in from the side and a Donny uh, Van der Beek. You know, lots of movement, and you've got mm. Matter who's who throughout his career has been creating goals. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, why not try and change it up for a second and get one of them guys on in the in the game, and then end the game in normal time, or even end it in extra time? But he just he left it and left it and left it. And the worst thing was as a neutral supporter or even a supporter anyone watching that game you could see man united were leggy they they started to look tired they started yeah. to the, the you know the the breaking down of the the defense uh, wasn't as sharp the chances weren't getting created it was crying out for two or three changes and you know when you when you go back through that game and you look at it every time that moment in the game came for villarreal unai Emery made a change one two yeah. changes you know he, he did something mm-hmm. whether it was like for like whether he went a little bit more defensive look at the things that he did when you know he went 1-0 up Man United equalised he went defensive first then he took off the defensive player and put on an attacking he was changing in game yeah. all the time and yeah, the more the more I look back at that game the more I think he did he did outsmart an inexperienced cup final manager but yeah. You know, but it's still you, got to penalties. You, you it's still that. got to pen. It's still got to penalties, and you know that is a that's a flip of a coin at the end of the day. And it was quite interesting. The I don't know if you saw the the notes 
um, that were given to De Gea um, about where the penalty, um, where the penalties w- would go, and how he, the very last one that obviously uh, uh, stopped to to take the penalty, he he went against the grain. If he had stayed central, he would have got the penalty. He would have saved it. Uh, like a, he had done. Uh, I'm a De Gea, I'm a De Gea fan. I'm still a De Gea fan. You know, I, the Man United play, the Man United fans will want him out. I still I still quite like him. I always think you know you get them things in the final, and you always think you know you know where these guys are going to go um, because because you've done your research, but also they know where you, they know you, you know where you know research. what I mean. So it's like it's like. It's easy saying, oh, he goes to the keeper's right. Yeah, he does go to the keeper's right, accepted. But now we're in a final. He's taking the sudden death penalty. Is he going to change it? Because he knows. It's a lottery. He, it, th- th- those those things, they're good to know. Yeah. Um, and I yeah. think they're a lot more valuable in-game, if you get a penalty in-game. But yeah. I think in a penalty shootout, a lot of people know, and it's, it's second-guessing, you know? And then when you look at the quality of that, I was in centre-backs just stepping up and slapping it with laces, top bins. Eighth yeah. penalty. Like, I'm yeah, thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> it was, thinking, it was one of the best ones. <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm thinking, surely this ain't looking good for Axel Tuanzebi. He just stepped up and just side foot top corner. I'm well, listen, listen. When, <laughs> when Coquelin, Francis Coquelin turned up, Oh penalty, I'm my thinking, god! I was like, "This could go anywhere." This <laughs> one, mate. And he did top You know what? Not just top bins. He casually did that, and I think he lit up the cigar as he spat back round. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was actually, I was actually laughing with the boys in the group chat when Alberto Moreno come on. You know the ex Liverpool left yeah. back. I was saying, "Listen, boys, if you can't win this with him on the pitch, use there's something wrong." You know, <laughs> he he stepped up number three penalty, slotted it in the side netting. I couldn't yeah. believe. What I was witnessing—it's <laughs> absolute madness. But, no, it um, was. It was. It was. Uh, yeah, as I say, I, it was. It was, an, it was entertaining. Obviously, watching that penalty. It's entertaining when it's not your team, anyway. Um, I've, you know, we've obviously both been involved in penalty shootouts as players, and obviously, once you get out of that as well, and I think just sitting there on the side watching it, it's, it's even worse. But um, yeah, watching that game was it? Was it a, an entertaining game for me? It was entertaining because Villarreal were just like countering every time. Like it was, I liked it. I liked that what Villarreal still, obviously, had their own chance. Had their own chances, to be honest. Um, Man United definitely look a completely different side um, when they haven't got Maguire in there. I think for me that shows like next season. I I actually believe they do need to invest in a centre half because I, 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 I if if you lose one and then you're a you go, you go. When you look at the back four with Maguire in it, you're going, okay, it's not bad. But to lose one player and then go, oof, it, it's, it, you know, you lose one player and all of a sudden it goes from looking all right to, yeah, you can get at these people. Oh, from losing one player, I don't think that's, I don't think that's a, a back line you can rely on. I think you've got to look at that that one. I also think Luke Shaw looked pretty leggy as well. Um, mm. In fairness, in comparison to what he did, so like there isn't a, there isn't that 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 backup, and um, you know if you're gonna I, I, the Van der Beek thing, I, I just don't get it. Um, I, I'm really it's a strange by that. But you know, I don't you're watch not... it. I probably don't watch him enough. So Man United fans might turn around and say, "Oh, well, yeah, when he has played, he hasn't done this." But he's a young player. You got you got to start giving him mm. that again. You're gonna you're killing this guy's confidence. He was flying high with Ajax, and mm. now. 
you know that that's he's gone down like a lead balloon. So it's an interesting. You know, you know, one. You know what I will say. You, we, you know, we both we've t- both touched on the fact that Manchester United players looked leggy and um, and that you know Oli didn't make many subs and. You know, he generally picks exactly the same team for every game, apart from the last few games of the season where he's tried to give a couple of youngsters a run out, etc., etc. And, you know, a lot of Manchester United fans' argument is that he he doesn't trust a single player other than his first 11, 12 players. You know, and you get to a final and you think, make a change, make a change, you don't make a change. And then on the flip side, you've got us as Arsenal fans, we say, Arteta makes too many changes. You know, yeah. he, he changes the team too much. So it just goes to show how much of a fine balance it is. Get that that's an art in itself, the amount of players to change, who to put in, and and how many games to give them, how many minutes. Because you want to go into that final having a fresh matter, a fresh mm. Donny van der Beek. Not not fresh as in, you know, hundred percent match fit, but uh, enough that they can come on and have an impact in the game. Impact. And I just yeah. don't think he had them players. He just didn't have enough players on the bench that had played enough football that season that could come on and and have an effect on the game. Do you see yeah, what I, I mean? I, I agree. I think. I think either way, I think you play your best. You play your best eleven as mm. much as you can, week in, week out. What you mm. need is to look at it and go right. Who are my Who are my key players that if they get injured, it throws us out completely? So you mm. might identify like three, maybe four players. For me, they're the three or four players that you need to go into the market and try and find almost a carbon copy, or someone that's as you know as close that if one of them comes out, you know you can slot someone in. This is where I think City are very clever. If you look at you look at um, you look at Sterling and um, and uh, Mares, when they pull them two out, they can instantly put another two in and not. And not worried. They've always had that. You know, even when you think when Sane was there, you know, Sane and Sterling were always sort of chopping and changing. You know, and it, it, but it, it didn't matter who was in there, would you? If you looked at Sane starting, you were like, "Oh, I'm in for a tough day." If Sterling, oh, I'm in for a tough day. You know, that's that's Bernardo Silva was swapping out with um, Mares and things like that. That they're the ones that you wanted to do. And I know he started to uh, bring in Foden a little bit. Obviously, like this was obviously last year. Uh, obviously, when if K- KDB couldn't play. You know, those important players who did that, but with United, and I, I say the same with Arsenal, um, not so much Chelsea now, because I think they've actually got some good good depth there. But obviously for, for our, our two teams, if you lose someone, the only the only player in, I think at Arsenal for me is is if you take Aubameyang out, play him centre-forward, uh, centre I'd I actually prefer having Lacazette there anyway. But again, if Lacazette starts, are quite happy. It, there isn't many others, really, Across there, that I think we've got the the right the right depth. Yeah, um, you know that's that's what I'm saying. So if you lose someone out there, you're like, oh god, you know mm. what, what, what have you got? But yeah. I, but I I think I think that Manchester United had more. I mean, Donny Van der Beek's played a European Champions League semi final, but he played five minutes before. of football. Oh, I, I know. I just I just I I just think that sort of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer isn't. He didn't use his tools. He had tools no. there. He had. He did have tools. It's not like he was looking on the bench and he was seeing eight youngsters and like a centre back on there. He had tools mm. to change that yeah. game, and he had a good. He had a good run in at the end of the season where he was under no pressure to get wins. 
where he had the opportunity to not rest, but not rest the entire team, but he could have been putting three or four of these players in each of those games and still getting a result in those games. Yeah. And getting yeah. minutes in those players' legs. Do you get what I mean? I just think he got he got the end of season a little bit wrong. I think that the Europe the Europa League final sort of went to his head. Um <clears throat> and also the fact that <clears throat> they were clearing the Premier Premier League, sort of all of that come together and it just threw him off a bit where I think he just needed to be a bit more smart in that that area of the season. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So yeah, no, I think I, I actually think United uh, are still a proper contender for next year, though. I think if they get the spe- if they spend right, I honestly think a centre half and then a little bit more creation there. With looking what Cavani's been doing as well, yeah, I, I think they're they're up there for me next year. I think you know uh, credit to you, mate. Obviously having them second in your predictions before, but um, I actually think they'll they'll be up there. I think they're. That silverware will, will be there for Man United for sure next year. They're not far. They're not far off at, at all. Um, one person who doesn't think they're um, that they're close enough, and this will lead us straight into um, obviously the the Man City Chelsea game. Is uh, uh, as you notice, guys, Aaron White is is not on here today. Um, <laughs> he's hiding. But, uh, he, he's hiding, but he also <clears throat> wanted to make it clear to the listeners. He he did put this to us. He'd like to to make this clear that. Um, his, his views on Pep have not changed. He, um, that he'd proved once again what a fraud he is and that he was ecstatic <laughs> that they lost. Um, and he said the same goes for Ollie. So, um, Aaron, I've told the listeners, just so you know, uh, feel free to... Um, Guys, in. listen, <laughs> listeners, whoever's listening to this, if you allow this guy to walk around making statements like that, the world is done. Football's <laughs> over. <laughs> Pep's a... I can't believe what I was seeing, not just from him, but on social media in general, about calling Pepper fraud. Oh, I, I, I was just like, how do you block nonsense? I don't, I don't understand. Like, this is, there's a lot of things wrong with Twitter, and that is still one of them, allowing people to say Pep's a fraud. Mate, <laughs> I, I heard people saying questions will be asked about Pep after that game. I am astounded. <laughs> I am. Ast- uh... I am astounded. I've got so many things to say about these statements. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I am it's, astounded. It's mental. It's honestly. The, listen, we're all we're all armchair fans when it comes down to it. But if you're staring at that and going that Pep's a fraud, then you lot are nuts. Like, I'm sorry, because they took some people. Are like, oh, we only goes when it's got money. Well, Chelsea, Man United have been spending. Like nobody's business, you know. I think they've even got Ollie on the side digging up oil money. To be honest, like they're chatting rubbish because there's a lot of managers that are going to spend and still. And it's about spending wisely and still putting these taxes. We've just touched on Ollie there not making certain changes and stuff. So it, I'm not cool. I'm not going to be there to say Ollie's a fraud because he still put Man United in a place in a chance to win. Uh, win obviously the, a European competition. He's put him in the champ- Champions League. He was second behind, obviously, um, City this year. You know, left obviously other teams behind. We watched Liverpool obviously falter down. They've had their one hit. You know, we'll see them again in thirty years' time. But you know, it's, I'm saying for us, like, how, for anyone that's calling these two a fraud, <laughs> I'm sorry, get out of here, Pep, a fraud. He's gone to multiple places and won. Yes, he's gone and got the right players, but these players want to play for him. He's still got... Listen, 
no, I'll put this. If someone said, Sam, here you go, I'm going to give you 500 million to spend yeah, at Man City. Go and go and win the league because you've been, you know, you're going to win the league because we've given you 500 million. It ain't happening. I'll be honest. Like, I'm not going to go in there. I'm not going to win you the Premier. I'm not going to win you the Premier League. I haven't got the experience, the tactical know-how to do that and and put the level of of um, competitiveness and sort of that 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 level that wins you games week in week out and able to adapt year in year out. By the way, because people have got all this game tape can watch and still come out and win these competitions. Get out of here. Anyone that says he's a fraud, delete social media now. Cancel any season tickets you've got to football and go and watch another respective sport and call <laughs> someone else a fraud. Oh, that's mate, mate, honestly, yeah, it absolutely baffles me, yeah. They're calling him a fraud in a season where he got to, he won the Premier League at a canter. He won it, uh, he won his, which we might as well now call the Pep Guardiola trophy, the EFL, <laughs> yeah. EFL yeah. Cup. Yeah, he got to the semi final of the FA Cup. And the final of the Champions League. No one can't talk to me about big games because he's been to 14 finals or 15 finals now at 113. Okay, he lost it. It's City's first ever Champions League final. So it is what it is. Yeah. But he's a fraud, mate. He's people, a fraud. People will, people will realise, yeah? People will realise how good Pep is when the next manager of Man City takes over and wins one and win one, wins one Premier League in five years. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's when people will realise that what Pep is doing is crazy. It's not just winning competitions, yeah? The key to winning competitions, yeah, the way Pep does, is the style and the way he does it. It's very diff. It's it's difficult to win competitions. Yeah, how difficult is it to win it playing with style? You know, when you go back over teams that won won things um, by chance. So you go to the Leicester. They had a very set way of playing. Two banks of four, um, two up front, or four five one. Whatever they played, they went long. They played counter attack. They they kept hammering on that door and they won the league. We think about Porto. Yeah, when uh, Jose Mourinho won. The won the um, Champions League with Porto. They were very, very pragmatic. A lot of the Italian teams when they played back in the day and won, and they, you know, when they had that period of domin- dominance, very, very pragmatic. We could even argue that the Real Madrid um, team that won the Champions League most recently were quite pragmatic. They, 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 they won it. They didn't play beautiful football where you say, "Oh, I just love watching Real Madrid." They just yeah. had Cristiano Ronaldo, who when the big games came, he was scoring two goals. Simple, yeah. right? But then when you watch when Pep wins a competition, when we think about when Pep was winning those Champions Leagues with Barcelona, he did it playing the best football that that that, that all of these people have ever seen in their life. Ever. Like, I'm, I, I refuse to believe that someone's going to tell me that these teams were playing football, that, they, that they've, seen, they've seen better football. You know, you might like how Klopp plays. I quite like how Klopp plays. But when you're looking at the beauty of football, the areas, the smartness, the forcing people into corners, the the pinning teams back, the possession, the speeding up and the slowing down of play, you cannot do this. Like you cannot just do this with the money spent. Mm. It doesn't matter what you want to say. But people are talking about oh, he gets all this all this money spent and whatever. You 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 mentioned there in a nutshell. Chelsea spend all this money. They've finished eighth before. Yeah. He's, they've not they've not stopped spending money since since uh, Roman Abramovich took over, 
And yeah. I know actually mind Chelsea, but they've not stopped spending money since Roman Abramovich took over. Has there ever been a period of dominance at Chelsea like we're seeing now from Man City? Nope. No chance. No chance. No. And this is the thing. If you look at if you look at City when they obviously <laughs> took the money in, Sven Goran Eriksson, Mark Hughes, Roberto Mancini, uh, Pellegrini, and obviously Pep. No one has dominated like Pep. And if you look at how long they lasted, the managers, it will tell you why. <laughs> you know, it's, just, it's, just, it's as simple as that. Like he is that. He is still masterclass. And this is my other thing. As I put that question to you before with Oli and, and um, uh, Emery, I it's not a Pep is a fraud. I actually think it was very uh, a, a very well thought of and put together game plan by Chelsea Ma- masterclass. Uh, listen, yeah. listen, uh, Sam. We when we had this pod, do you remember we had a pod? We discussed Chelsea. The first thing I said about this guy is what I'm witnessing in such a short period of time is exceptional. And I believe that he will win a major trophy because I could see, I could see, um, I could see what he's built. He built a cup team. Yeah. That team that he's built, uh, the, the, the Chelsea team that he's built and the way that they play, I don't know whether it will be able to win a league, but I'm sure he will win trophies. I'm sure yeah. he will win trophies because the way his team sets up is so. I can't explain it. I just, it's, it's just so. It's so suited for a cup competition. It's so rigid and so everyone knows their position that it's very, yeah. very difficult to beat in a yeah. one-off encounter. Do you know? Yeah. I mean, next season teams are going to get into them. You know, there will be teams looking at what they're doing, and you know they've looked at the Pep Guardiola interview about their tactics, and they'll say, right, let's have a look at where we can gain. And next season they'll get found out a little bit. But I was sure. That winning a cup competition, one-off games, an FA Cup or a or a Champions League or something like that, he would be able to do with that team. You could just tell mm. they got enough goals, and they keep enough clean sheets to know that they were that, that that they'd be able to do that. And and what I will say is that when Pep's formation come out, yeah, and everyone was hammering it and saying, "Oh, we ain't got no defensive midfielder." All these people on BT Sport, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, who are we to tell a man that's been to four or five Champions League finals and won three, four of them or two, three of them, what formation to play and who to play in a final? Do you get what I mean? That, yeah. was, that, was, my, that was the thing I took away from it. Who, like, who are we to say that's the wrong formation? He's, 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 he's played them three times this season since Tuchel took over. He's lost two. He's obviously identified... Uh, a weakness with them and he's gone to explain I just thought we're questioning this man how can we question this man okay in the end it turned out to be the wrong decision but we can't question him we can look at it now and say oh maybe Fernandinho should have started and or maybe Rodri should have started but we can also look at it and say he tried to outsmart Tuchel but Mm. Tuchel was ready for whatever he had to do that's how it is. Sometimes it that's just how it is in finals. I, th- I think, I think, yeah, I think for me, when it comes to final, I think, like you said, it's it's one off. Do you want to, do you want to not lose it or do you want to win it? I think you said that like perfectly because for me, that's that. Yeah, yes, listen, who am I to question Pep Guardiola? But I would say this do with, do what you did to get there. That's, that's, that's my opinion. And I think if, if you're a team that is is playing like that high press 
and you hound people for for ninety minutes. Um, you put people under pressure, then do it because there's a good chance that the team has set out a game plan to counter you. But you've got to be the best at it. if you're the best at it and you're very good at it, then do it because no matter what they try and put in front of you, you're going to steam. You're going to steamroll it, right? Because if you start to, for me personally, you start trying to tinker and counter it when really how much, I know these guys are professional footballers and stuff, but you start changing the game plan and the tactics and the personnel for that for that one game. Ah, it is properly rolling the dice more mm. so. For me, that's more rolling the dice than it is going to put out your strongest team and your strongest sort of tactics that got you there. Yeah. That's, that's, that's my opinion. But like mm. you said, I'm not the person to question Pep Guardiola. He set that mm. out thinking he, that was what was going to win the game. But I think that you, there was a bit of a chess. You, there was a bit of a chess match there between the two of them, and it was you, you've got to remember it was a counter. It was one counter goal, but City had one shot on target, mate. Yeah, yeah. Which, which, well, yeah. But then, then this is the thing. Yeah, City had one shot on char- on target. So then, doesn't that sort of make him right to have all these creative players on the pitch? Yeah, Do you get I, what again, I'm saying. Again, again, Do you get what I'm saying. It's a, it's a fine margins as well because let's be honest, mm. Foden was about to stroke that one into the bottom oh, corner, like as he normally did. Rudiger, that's the best oh, game I've seen Rudiger hands. And you know what? Here's the other thing what I like about uh, about Rudiger. And obviously, I'm going to clean this week. But the the s housery that he did in that game, I'm all for, by the way. Because what he did with... Listen, what he did with KDB was it was naughty, and I'm, I'm actually hopefully he's, he's recovered uh, from the... I think he had fractured his cheekbone. Fractured orbital bone. Well. Yeah, um, he's, he's dishing out. He's dishing out what Canelo Alvarez dishes out. Mate. Yeah, listen, I'm telling you <laughs> what he did in that game. All game, him, Asilicueta, um, they knew what they were doing. The one player that to me I didn't like because the Jorginho one, he did some forward flip. I stood up and gave him a nine. I think on my scorecard when he, <laughs> when he did that, but um, they they played it well. They got into their heads like mentally as well. So again, a lot of credit for me goes down to Chelsea. I hated it because it was Chelsea <laughs> watching it doing. But if Arsenal had a little bit about them and, and did that sort of thing, I think the only player that would, do, in fact, there's two two players in the Arsenal squad that I think would do something like that. And uh, one's Tierney because um, I think he's got he's got that in his locker, and maybe Gabriel. But everyone else soft and just let people do, would let people get away with that. But um, <laughs> yeah, credit credit to Tuchel and Chelsea, hundred percent. You know, you know, what I will say about that game is if you remember, do you remember um, Manchester City's performance against PSG in the semi? Mm. Do you remember? It was literally impeccable. There was not one, you know, not, there's not one player that could, was at fault and. There was not, you know, everything was crisp. Everything was done properly. The defending was done well. The attacking was done well. Everything was perfect. Um, and I think that's the performance that Chelsea delivered in the final. Um, yeah. And I just I just think that I don't know what Manchester City would have had to do to score that day um, because I just feel like every single Chelsea player was on it. Every single yeah. one. There was know, fire, fire was, under their belly. It was, yeah, it was just like, it, it was like, you know, there was not like, you know, you might argue uh, Werner should have got a few chances, but he was causing them so much problem. He was such a worry for the back line, you know, and that's his that's his part in the team, you know. He might not be, he might not be good enough to be Chelsea's main number nine, you know, if they want to go on to win league titles and they want to go on to retain the Champions League, etc. Um 
because I think that he just needs to score more goals. I do think he could be all right next year, but I don't know if he's going to be the man to say, I'm the man that's going to get 30 Premier League goals. That will remain to be seen. But what he does for the team in terms of running in behind and the sheer fear he causes back lines is enough for the players in the pockets behind. You know, you have a... Um, your Pulisic, um, your Mounts, to they're getting so much, so much joy and freedom due to what he's doing up top. So yeah. it's like it just works perfectly in that system. You know, it just all. I think it all if comes they put together. someone in the middle, if they do put someone in the middle though, and played him like on the on the left off off a striker, oh, yeah, a yeah, part, a decent. Part. Yeah. I think yeah. you'll see the best of, of Werner because when I watched him, obviously when he was at Leipzig, I actually watched him and he didn't he didn't play down the middle that often from what mm. I saw he played and if he did even if they went to a two you'd find him sort of out out um, out on the left a lot more because you had um, they used to have um, Yasin Polson I think his name is obviously through the, through the middle and have him as sort of the, the, the target man the hold up play it was very much sort of almost that old school where get it into the front man front man pops it back and then the ball's then threaded through yeah. you, do you know, know it was, do you know who he'd work you know who he's who he'd work Lukaku. amazingly with not Lukaku, Kane. Because Kane needs that 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 winger. Well, but with a, song, doesn't he? With a yeah, with a but yeah. With, I think Werner's even more he's more of a striker than Son. Do you see what Son, I mean? Yeah. So yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. He, 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 with with Kane, that works perfectly because Werner literally exploits the space in behind time and time and time again. And with Kane dropping deep, I think that that would work as a two or even as, you know, if it weren't in the inside left, like you're saying, going beyond. And Kane just dropping into the pockets, that works perfectly. Kane yeah. isn't going to Chelsea, but it does work perfectly. <laughs> it, it does, does work, work yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's not happening. That's not happening. Um, <laughs> but yeah, well, yeah, there will certainly going to be some changes there in the summer for with a few teams because, um, like anything, there's normally a few managers that are asked to leave. Um, but the the merigo round of managerial is it, I feel like in the in the, the top level I feel it feels like non league the, the amount <laughs> of managerial changes that I've seen happen but it with like with anything even comes with like the player transfers it's like a domino effect isn't it so it's quite funny that when we saw there was always the rumblings that Zidane was going to be leaving now as soon as that comes out agents are all over the shop aren't they. I mean, it's probably like looking at it like uh, the office from Wolf of Wall Street, the way the, uh, the the phones were probably buzzing because someone's trying to eye up that one. Someone then knows he's leaving the, the domino effect there. I actually think Zidane, Zidane, sorry, the Zidane chat was the, the catalyst because I think that puts into motion um, Ancelotti's people. You know, this is it doesn't happen in three days, people. I hope you know this, right? This happens, this is happening months in advance, right? So he's Zidane's gone, Ancelotti to, to Madrid. You look at Nuno's left Wolves. Um, obviously, Woy we knew was leaving, so it left it obviously left Palace open as well. We're seeing the, the chats with obviously um Poch. We knew Tottenham that 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 role was always going to be there. Poch talking about coming back to to Tottenham it spun the the uh, there was also something happening in Italy we knew uh, Simeone Inzaghi was looking to to leave I believe Lazio so then you had um, the space obviously at, at Juve what was going on there it has now spun this web of managerial sort of changes we've seen obviously 
uh, Ancelotti now at at, uh, at at Madrid. Do you think I'm going to ask you a couple of things? One, is that a wise move for Ancelotti, considering the rebuild that's going to be taken, and Ramos potentially not signing this new contract? It's looking more and more likely that he doesn't sign this new contract. And where do you, who do you think takes the Tottenham job, um, Everton, and Palace? Oh, big questions there. Right. Um, in terms of Ancelotti, you can't turn down a Real Madrid job. Simple. Don't matter what state. <laughs> don't matter what state is. No. Especially if you're if you're at Everton. Yeah. No disrespect <laughs> to Everton and the project they're trying to deliver. Um, but if you're there and Real Madrid come knocking, you're gone. Simple. I heard he took half the money. I'm sure. Yeah, this, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. At this stage of his career, the money's not a massive factor. He wants to be in the big games. Um, what I would say about moving to Real Madrid is, I I've said something. Someone like Harry Kane. He, he's obviously said he doesn't want to move abroad, but I've said someone like Harry Kane could go there, make a star of themselves. I think Real Madrid are not that far back to get to where they want to be. So I think that for someone potentially over the next two or three years with investment, and I know that people are saying Real Madrid are in big financial issues and this and that. They've still got the player. I mean, they've just signed Alaba. Like, I mean, you know, they've just signed Alaba. Don't worry about Real Madrid getting players. They will always get the best players by hook or by crook, right? And I think over the next two or three years, you know, if they could get their hands on a Haaland and Oren Mbappe, um, you know they've got Alaba. They'll have, um, you know, there'll be there'll be other midfielders or other wingers that are coming from Brazil, or maybe contract contract going to be out in a couple of years, and they've already agreed it. You know, these things are obviously happening over the next two or three years. Real Madrid are going to come back from where they are to be a force again. This will. So I think for Angelotti, he's smart. He gets a three-year deal there. He goes there. Barcelona ain't in a great position uh, at the moment either. Um, Atletico Madrid scraped the league. Like on the last couple of days, well, the last day. Yeah. So it's not like Atletico Madrid are miles away. He'll go there. He'll get a few players in the summer. I'm sure he's had a few promises. We're going to get this. We've got Alaba. We're going to get this player. And we intend to get this player. He's probably looked at it and said, I can work with that. He'll compete in the Champions League because they got to the where semi final this season. They're not in terrible, terrible condition. But they yeah. need players. And I think over the next two to three years, you can bring them back, get yourself a La Liga or two. And they're already competing at the final ends of the Champions League. I know Sergio Ramos is a huge player for them and a huge miss. But I think Carlo Ancelotti might be the man who they can bring in. And it might be part of the reason who says, listen, um, this is the club for you. You don't want to play anywhere else. You're captain here. You're going to still be my leader. Um, I need you there for the big games. Finish your career here. I think that might be a part of Ancelotti coming in. You know, Ramos yeah. saying, well, who's taking over? Who we got in, you know? What sort of manager is it going to be? He's played under Ancelotti before. He's won stuff under Ancelotti. So I, I think that might be a big part of of, um, of of him coming in. And you look at An- Ancelotti's resume, mate, and the clubs That's he's amazing. been at, the, the competitions he's won. When you sort of look at it and you say, we can get him on the cheap rather than, trying to get a clop out or trying to get a big name out or trying to get one of the German bosses to come over, you think we could just get Angelotti like for mm. the next three years. Like it suits perfectly. So I think it's a bit of a match, you know, it's a bit of a good match. And I think he's got players, he's still got Hazard, mate. You know what I mean? People can say Hazard's finished, but he's still got Hazard. 
You know, there's players there. There is players there um, for him to work with. So I think for both parties, that's a great move. Knows the club. Um, and I think yeah. that watch out, watch out. La Liga's the only La Liga's the only league he hasn't won. So yeah. so 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 watch out, you know. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's 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 that on on that for me. Do you want me to go through the managers, or do you want to say your bit on Real first? I, I, I'm going to say this. I think it's fair play. It's a good it's a good move. They needed to have someone like, and I think you you now now on that is that um, it's not just about Ramos. You got uh, there's Mar uh, Marcello. There obviously Marcelo. Sorry, wasn't obviously um, playing a lot of football. There's a few of the older heads that. But there, I think he's going to manage them correctly and get that that blend right and get them sort of back interested in Real Madrid. Um, I think that's the the thing. So he's probably the the right man to do it. And yeah, of course, anyone would take a, a, a you know a reasonable pay cut to to go and still manage. So yeah, fair, fair play to him, especially with how Everton turned out. It probably wasn't. I think they obviously needed maybe a younger manager that's going to see this project a little bit longer through than, than Ancelotti um, just on the Ancelotti bit whilst you before you do your predictions I just wanted to make this point though I do have a little concern about the the managerial um, pool as it were at the moment that it seems to be the same same people getting recycled like where, where's the fresh like you know when you Pep, Pep came onto the scene where's, mm. where's Pep I have like a new Pep. Like I'm not see. We're talking about Arteta and Oli are probably the new. Yeah, new but the faces. thing is, the thing is though, Sam. Yeah, this is this is something that's been annoying me. Yeah, as well. How are we going to find the new Pep? How are we going to find the new Zidane? How are we going to find these new managers when when Arteta or when Oli Gunnar Solskjaer or when Frank early, Lampard yeah. gets these jobs? Yeah, and 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 they start their 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 process of building their squads. They're sacked after two, after two, like you know, one month, uh, yeah. one year. Like, yeah. How are we yeah. going to find these managers? I hear people saying, "Oh, Arsenal, Arsenal." Even you've said it to be fair, um, Sam. That Arsenal's too big a job for Arteta, and and you know, people say that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer shouldn't have Manchester United job, and people are saying Lampard shouldn't have got the Chelsea job. But when Pep got the Barcelona job, yeah. No one would have thought he should have got that job. But after t- bearing with him and giving him the opportunity, they got what the- he delivered what he could. He delivered mm. what he's delivered now. Zidane is the yeah. same. He did under 23s Real Madrid. Why has Zidane got the job? Just because of his name, just because he won the World Cup, just because he's done this. Just- he won three Champions League. No one can't say nothing to Zidane. Yeah, no yeah, one. No, Do you get what I'm uh, saying? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree, I agree man. And I think that's, that's the thing. As I look at it now, again, where are you getting these people from? Like where are these where are these managers coming from? Because for for me, the is I mean, look at who was it? Probably Brendan Rodgers. Was it? Did he start? Is it Celtic? Did he start? Did he start at Celtic and then Liverpool? Is it Celtic Liverpool? No, I think he started. Uh, he started. Oh, uh, Brendan Rodgers started. Reading. Yeah, Chelsea, he was at Chelsea. Then he, I think he went to Reading. Chelsea, yeah, Reading. yeah, yeah. So again, but he played, he, he was obviously coaching and under quite a few other people as well before sort of doing that. He went down that, he went down that route. I think my main, argu- my main argument is people that have been in it for five minutes. And like, uh, listen, I'm giving Arteta my full back in next year, hundred percent, but I'm saying he's still fight. Yes. He's, he's been under Pep, which has probably been one of the better ones. He's obviously had experience, obviously seeing, uh, well, having manager like, 
uh, like Wenger as well. But I'm saying, was he in the crust of like that that sort of manager being in the meetings, etc., and seeing those coaching points? I'm not sure. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. That I, I, I like the way Brendan. I did like the way Brendan Rodgers sort of done it. Um, but even at the early stages when he was uh, at Reading, he, you know, if you talk to a lot of Reading fans, they're not they're not the biggest uh, Brendan Rodgers fans. No, in all honesty. So for sure. Um, so yeah, listen, I, I I agree on that. It's just a point of like where are, where are these new managers obviously coming from? You know, um, I'm sure Frank might pop up in one of your predictions. So um, let's start with with the Tottenham job. Who, who, who do you see in, in, in that role? All right, in the top in the Tottenham role. Um, I see Antonio Conte. Yeah, it wor- it worries me because I know what he's got the ability to do with at times average players. Not saying that Spurs have got average players, but I look at their team and I think there's enough there with a few additions for him to. Uh, look, he's won five league titles in seven at se- at the seven in seven seasons, I think, or four four league titles in seven seasons that he's been manager. Crazy. So, you know, he's he's underrated. The only thing with Conte is he doesn't suit he doesn't suit Spurs. He's not their sort of manager. They'll be playing a similar sort of counter attacking y three five two defensive game as sort of your Jose Mourinho. Will the fans deal with that? He will win games though. He will definitely win games and he'll challenge for all the big competitions. That's what you will get. You will get him challenging for the Premier League because he's he's a very pragmatic manager. He picks up points. Um, yeah. But I think... Do you, do you, know, do you, do you think um, he would take that job if Kane leaves? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. He'll take it, yeah. Okay. I, 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 think, I think, you know, the thing with Conte, he has a very particular style of player that he needs to suit his system. Um, Kane will suit any system. But if you look at Kane and Lukaku, they're both different types of player. But Lukaku, will, I always knew he'd deliver his best football under Conte. Counter-attacking, solid defensively, um, you know, and it's expected to go a bit more over the top, a bit more through the lines um, of the back line rather than build-up play asked to drop into the 10 position and spread it. You know, he, he's not really got that much of of that sort of play in Conte's game. So I think if Kane leaves and he gets 150 million and, he's, and they say, all right, you've got, you know, 60, 70 million to spend on another top name striker. I think, you know, there are strikers out there that will want to play for him. Even the one he's got uh, uh, that he had at Inter, uh, Lutraro Martinez, could be yeah. a, a, a perfect player to come to to, addition, to Spurs yeah. and you know he knows how to play the Conte way do you yeah. get what I'm saying so you know and then you think they've got players in there that are Conte sort of players you know think about he brought uh, Alonso back from nowhere you know um, Victor Moses they've got players there like when he was at Chelsea they've got players there like Doherty suits a 3-5-2 Ben Davies suits a 3-5-2 um, Hoiberg he's perfect sort of centre midfielder you know Sissoko um, and then he's got the sprinkles of quality and Dombele. Um, he'll have Son there. He's got, he's got, I can see how he will run it. I can see it, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think he could be successful. But as opposed to how he'll get on with Levy, as opposed to when his demands start landing after first, after he wins the first trophy and whether they'll be able to back him and whether it could be another falling out, like a Mourinho similar level sort of falling out. That's the that's the worry. Do you see what I mean? But 
but Conte would be a very it, it what I would say is it makes it very very difficult because you've got now Manchester United up there spe- gonna spend Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's finished second um, and they're moving in the forward direction you've got Manchester City Pep you've got uh, Chelsea uh, Tuchel um, you've got Liverpool Klopp you've got Spurs Conte it's looking very difficult and this is from a personal point of view Arsenal um, it's looking very difficult for the top four if that's what we're hoping for do you know what I mean? Yeah. The quality of manager and the quality of squad. So it makes it even a bigger job for Arteta and a bigger job for Arsenal. Even Brendan Rodgers um, at Leicester, another big another big manager there. So, yeah, Conte would be the one, I think. But, yeah, for different reasons, I think it's good and it's bad. What about yourself? Um, I see, whether it's Conte or not, I see someone coming in um, for a season to oversee the sale of Harry Kane and invest properly and then uh, potch back the following season, if not by Christmas. <laughs> oh, you know? so, you, so you, think they're, you think they're still just lining that one up? I think they're, lo- yeah, they're going to always have like a, a bit of a loan manager, as, as it were, like to come in and just over, oversee that, that spend. Big sale. Yeah. I'll tell you <laughs> why. I think they, with what they did when they sold Bale, Suggest to me that they they don't know how to spend money, mm. like big months, like and know the right players. But um, I, I just Conte, like you said, is he is he a good fit for? Will he will he have learned? Would uh, Levy learn that he cannot have a manager like Jose again? They ain't they're not going to get on. He needs a bit of a pushover. Do you know Do you know what I mean? I mm. think he needs he needs that. Conte is far from that. He's he's not that he's not that guy. The only other manager I could probably see in there is Allegri, who's not actually been in a in a role for a while. Um, but I, again, he's very defensive minded. I think sure Allegri Allegri's gone back to Juventus. Has he done that? Is, it, is that yeah? Deal's done. Yeah, deal's done. Yeah, uh, Allegri's gone was, back to Juventus. Yeah, that's the only no. one I could potentially potentially see. So um, then, yeah, I mean, at the same time, you know. Is Conte going to want to mix it still again with with Inter? Obviously next year. Why would you, that's another job? I don't know why you why you'd leave it. But yeah, I I can see whoever it is short term, and I I actually see Poch coming back for a, for a, for a second spell there. In all honesty, um, and I I don't see them anywhere near the top four next year, regardless of who comes in. I think there's just too much. I don't. I don't did you, did you see that they um? Did you see that they're looking to appoint a sort of a technical director this time? Technical the director. the Parat the Parat from um from I think he's at Juventus. Yeah. Um, and I think that goes back, and that's a big point as towards um if they get the hundred and fifty to one, you know, one seventy or whatever million they're going to get for for Kane to make sure that that's distributed correctly and um to. You know they're going to get players of quality for the next manager to come in and work with. So that's why I sort of where 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 I see you going with that Poch thing. I sort of I can see it. You know Poch given a season at PSG, Cali win the Champions League, Cali win League League uh, and then does he leave? You yeah, know, does I, he I, I does he leave? It. Does he does he come back to Spurs after a year if we can't do it now? Because um, you got then, to remember the 150 million for Kane stretches a little bit more because you're not going to then just spend 150 million. You're going to use some of that money to put down, right, I'm going to pay 30 million for him and then I'll pay the rest later. Do you know what mm. I mean? So that 150, you can make that stretch and I don't think, so I think they'll be in a position to give someone else the right range, like you said, 
oversee that a little bit and then there'll still be a little bit of money um, for, for Potch when he, when he obviously does does arrive back. So, yeah, man, I, I, I generally, generally do see that that happening. Um, as I said, I don't see Tottenham anywhere, anywhere near it. I'm, I can't wait for them to enjoy the... Uh, European Conference or whatever that is. What about what about if um, if Conte comes in? Do you see them challenging top four? Um, and no, that sort I, still, of level? I, I still don't. I I still think that obviously I think Man City, Man United will be in, and Chelsea, the the the, the three, and I think Liverpool are going to come um, flying back. Or, or, I think I think they'll be back. I don't think they'll. I don't think Liverpool win in a position. I don't think they'll win a the league, but I think they'll be a, they'll be in a little bit better position. Virgil Van Dijk, Gomez back in there. They've just they've got the young um, Canate. Uh, yeah, um, and I, I think they'll yeah they're doing the right things. I don't think they're going to make the mistakes they did this year. Well, it's not the mistakes. It was unforeseen sort of circumstances in a way. Mm. So that's why I don't. Think, um, I don't think they'll be in that position again. So I think it'll be. I think that top four is going to be tight. And not to mention Leicester because Leicester have gone and done mm. what they did. And the thing is, right now as a player now. If Leicester come knocking on your door, it's actually an attractive place to go. In all honesty, mm. for me, mm. and I think they'll, I think they'll, they'll be up there. I think it's going to be. I think this year is going to be one of the most exciting Premier Leagues. In all honesty, of that that comes in. So, um, yeah, even if Conte's there, I think Conte will, will get him Europa football. I don't, I don't think it will be any more than that. He, he might, he might challenge for, for the League Cup final, but Tottenham ain't winning nothing. Yeah, just a just a just a just a little just a little one on Leicester. I think they'll lose a couple of key players again this summer. I think they've just they've just tried to sign that guy from Lille. Is it Sumare? Yeah, I've got yeah. that wrong. Yeah, and I, yeah, I believe Sabara, yeah. I believe I believe that's the exit of Wilfred and Didi. Yeah, that's I, what I believe. I, I, listen, I would I had him in my shopping list for Arsenal when I was writing down mm. that players I would buy. I, I've got Indy. I put Indy in there. It's obviously, that him or the the boy from. Uh, um, from Brighton, it's interesting because uh, actually I just I saw one of our listeners obviously just talked about um, replacing players. I just thought this made you chuckle that someone was calling out creation uh, of Sabios. you know what you know what yeah you see the pronunciations of these players I I, I don't know I get I even get dug out about my pronunciations of uh, managers and all of this I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to somehow get a way to get a word to these people and ask them exactly how I say it you know because everyone says it different (laughs) I just actually it's almost (laughs) called him Chibata almost but um but yeah, Aaron's um, having a rough. But, Aaron's having a rough pod for the fact that he ain't on the pod. It's mad. That's what happens when you don't turn up, mate. You get absolutely <laughs> yeah. You, you get poked. It's easy. I can I can do this whilst he's not here. Um, but uh, what about let's keep it bring it to obviously our our, our local area, uh, Palace. Who, who's, who's taking that? Who's taking that job? And is mm. it an attractive job? Um, yes, yes, because I I I think. The Palace fans are are understanding fans. They sort of know their place. Um, you never you never hear them shouting and screaming unless it's a, a, a proper necessary. Um, I would say it's going to be Eddie Howe okay. or Frank Lampard. It will be someone out of work. I don't think they're the sort of club that would try and go and unsettle a manager and get him out unless it's maybe from the championship. So yeah. I think it would be I think there's some there are some outstanding candidates. I think you've got um 
You've got, yeah, you've got Lampard, obviously got a track record of working with young players, um, bringing young players through as well. Obviously works with Jody Morris, who's obviously got a track record of that as well. And I think Palace will look to that. Um, they've got an academy that always produced the odd starlet, you know, Aaron Wambasaka, um, Tyreek Mitchell Mitchie. now, yeah. uh, Wilfred Zaha. Um, I don't know if, I don't think Balassi started there, but I know Balassi spent a lot of time there. Um, you know, they need, a, they need a refresh, yeah? They need a big refresh. They've got a lot of players out of contract. Um, they've got a lot of old players and they need a refresh. But what I will say is, for any team in the Premier League that needs a refresh now at that sort of level, your Burnleys, your um, Brightons, your Palaces, um, who else is in and around that area? Even like your Wolves and stuff. Mm. There are going to be some serious bargains available this summer. Serious, well, serious bargain. Hundred percent. Well, Nuno is not at Wolves, is he? So it's yeah, kind well, of opened up the door a little bit for people well, to to go. That's in. what I'm saying. When you when you think about you think about Manchester United, the players that they want to let go, you know, to make to generate funds. Even when you go across the uh, abroad, and I'm not saying it's realistic for Palace, but you look abroad, there'll be Real Madrid looking to get rid of you know some players who could have a chance, but if they're going to get 15, 20 million from now. Let's take 15, 20 million. There'll be players that are going out of contract. Even you look at Arsenal, um, linked with the Ajax keeper, Anana. I'm, I'm seeing two you know, million. We could get for way. two million. And I know <laughs> yeah. he's banned, but these are, the, these are the sort of deals. Clubs are just going to take, you know, players that are out of contract next season. Whereas in previous seasons, you might be able to negotiate, right? Well, I want 20 million, 25 million for him. I think you'll be able to negotiate that around 10, 12 million. So I think yeah. for. For teams that are doing big rebuilds, especially like your palaces and stuff, I don't think it's as the it's as bad as it as it is. You know, loads of teams not renewing contracts and letting players go on a free transfer. There's loads of work yeah. out there. Um, you know, and I think it's gonna be big for um, you know, the sporting directors, technical directors to get out there and get all of these, you know, building their squads and getting all of these players in and knowing who's about and who's going where. Um, early because I think that there are there are going to be some serious bargains this summer, um, so I don't think it's as bad as it looks for Palace. I, I'm going to um, touching on bargains. I'm so coming off the the, the track here. Um, one, I don't think they need a striker because they've just renewed uh, Christian Benteke's uh, contract because he scored a couple of goals this year. Um, <laughs> Daniel Sturridge, do you remember him? <laughs> mate, mate, Sheffield United should have got him in and put him up front. And I reckon they would have had a better chance. I'm still confused about it. Did, did anyone was, was Sheffield United linked with him? Because I didn't even see no, that many people linked with him. No what one. Was, no one. It's strange. He it's must strange. be able to get. How can he not get a team? I'm so confused. Uh, unless there's some injury worries there. But yeah, I thought Sturge was a good player. To be fair, um, especially that time that season with uh, Suarez. Well, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting to see he's not in a not in a team, that's for sure. I mean, the Mate, he, Champions League. He, even if he's injured, yeah? Even if he was injured, I'm sure he would have took six months. All right, give me till the end of the season. Let me show you what I can do. And then we'll talk contracts there. Then, you know what I mean? Like, there was someone that could have took a, you know, a chance on him in in, um, in January. And no one did. It's surprising. Um, but yeah, like you say, Daniel Sturridge, that's another player, you know, if you if you need to, if you need a backup if you need a backup striker or someone that could push your first team strikers, why not have Dan- Daniel Sturridge on a short term deal? There will be, mate. I'm yeah. telling you, Chelsea. We could go a roll list of Chelsea players that they've got floating about 
that are nowhere near the first team that they'd you know they'd, they'd get rid of on the cheap. Manchester United the same. Um, you're even looking at Man City looking to sell players. You know Liverpool. I'm sure they'll want one or two players out. Oxlade Chamberlain. I'm not saying these are these are the best Premier League has to offer, but these players are floating about. I see Theo Walcott. He done well this season. Southampton just picked him up for free. So, yeah. they, mate, there will be bargains. There'll be players coming out of Everton. And if you if you were if, if as a sporting director or technical director at the middle to lower levels at the Premier League, if you're working it right, you can build a squad and you can invest. You know, you might need to invest in a in a big name centre midfielder and a big name striker. But I think you know you could pick up a right back, Ryan Bertrand, free. Mm. Is another one mm. free transfer. You know, there, there's there's lots of little wheeling, wheeling and dealing that can be done in in this window if you're if you're you know if you're doing your job correct at them sort of clubs. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I think so. It'd be interesting. I think I think yeah, there will definitely be some bargains. I think Everton with the project, give it to Duncan Ferguson. I actually thought he did a good job, apart from the Mosey Keane incident. Um, I think they would do that or again I think Nuno would be perfect for that, for that Everton move I, I think for Nuno to leave Wolves he must have had a, a, a big project coming up like he must have known something was was coming his way and this is what makes me think of the domino effect with with, with Zidane going as well um, but yeah it's going to be going to be an interesting one um, and obviously yeah, we, we will bring up um, one other thing I actually wanted to shout out to in terms of new teams and people coming. It's again local team. It's a big shout out to Sutton United, who I'm sure, Mo, like myself, we had some encounters against them Massive. Um, back in the day. Massive. Um, seeing Sutton United in League Two in the league system is absolutely amazing. Um, it's one of the one of the best things I've, I think I've seen, and it's um, obviously we we saw obviously someone the likes of like AFC Wimbledon, but to see Sutton United do it. Um, yeah, it's uh, huge congratulations to them, and obviously looking forward to them. Uh, obviously looking for sort of survival again, and hopefully can be uh, sort of establish themselves as a league side now. Um, yeah, yeah, pretty, yeah. Good, 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 going them. good on them, man. I was, um, I played for Carl Shorten from age fourteen till twenty, so about five six years. Um, so obviously all the youth team games, like even youth team games against Sutton, like they used to be like 100, 120 big. fans. It was big um, even then. So always had a good rivalry with them, always had good games against them, tough games as well. Um, and my mate, um, Craig Dundas is there. Um, he helped me when I come through at Carl Shorten, he was there and helped me like, you know, sort of transition into first team football. So I'm happy for him, man. And, Mate, it's a good club, to be fair. You know, I ain't got a bad word to say about them, to be fair. And I'm, I'm happy. I love to see local clubs um, moving into the league system. And all that means is that now on Football Manager, I can, <laughs> the new one, I can be Sutton United. There you go, there you go. Yeah. Do you know obviously, what I mean? Yeah. So, it's got so, some good local sides, obviously, now. It's sort of the likes of, you know, Palace, Wimbledon, Sutton now, obviously, in there. It's quite nice to see some of these sort of local teams, obviously. And like you say, that up there and thereabouts and it's obviously very good for sort of the sort of the, uh, the youth players in, in the system as well because probably see a few more because let me tell you there's a plenty 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 of uh, players in that sort of South London area that uh, yeah. will, will, will get picked up so um, but yeah what, what, what a shout obviously just to let people obviously know what's obviously the agenda now obviously what we'll be doing obviously with the, with the Euros you'll see um, a pod go out after every uh, England game we'll do a roundup. obviously what's, what's happened with England um, and obviously, what's uh, been happening, obviously, with across the across the competition, 
we'll be putting in some some predictions as well who we probably see win the competition people like that golden boot etc as well um but just just a last point before we get into that uh before we sign off sorry mo um you've seen the squad go out for england um any surprises there who would you say was the the biggest surprise inclusion and who was the biggest uh, surprise of, of, like, of, of being left out? Uh, left out for me is Lingard. Yeah. Uh, easy, easy decision. He needs to go um, for me. Um, the biggest inclusion is just that he took four, as you'd say, right backs. I mean, I haven't got a massive problem with it. I understand that he, you know, Trent, even though he's injured now, but and he probably will get replaced with Lingard. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. But, um, but it surprised me that he didn't make a statement with that decision. And not necessarily to leave Trent out um, or Trippier or James, just to say, right, this is, I'm England manager. I need to make a big decision. I'm going to make this decision. I think he sort of just dealt with it. He just said, rather than make a decision, I'm just going to go with this guy to appease everyone. I'm going to go yeah. with four right backs. And I just think that, that that's what he done. I just think he just, he sort of didn't make a big decision when it needed to be made. But at the same time, I've got no arguments with it. So it's, it's not really affecting me. The 26 man squad for me, apart from Lingard was fine, but I can see why he even didn't take Lingard. He might look at it and say, well, I've got Saka, Grealish, Sterling, Sancho, uh, Foden, and, um, and who else has he got? Well, yeah, he's got them anyway. So he's got enough. He might say, I've got enough, you know, so I don't need to, I don't need to take Lingard as well. So I I'm think, not, uh, I'm not disappointed yeah, with the um, team. I just I, think I'm, that. I'm quite happy with it. I'm quite happy with it, mate, to be honest. I, I don't mind it because I think people kept talking about the three right backs, but if we're going to play the fr- uh, back three, then Walk, we are Walker and James both play, you know, right, play yeah. right of the, right of the three. So I think it actually worked quite well. And they, you know, I touched on it earlier. You know, when you, if you lose a player, who are you going to replace him with? I think he's done that. And I think he knows his key players are, are probably looking at, he's probably are looking at his, his full backs, the strength down the right. So yeah. why would you, why would you, why would you not have that? So, um, yeah, I, I, I like it. I think he's going to, I think he might take Ben White if he hasn't already announced it. I think he might take Ben White over Lingard because like you said, the, the players he's got there. But, He's got all a bit of time now before he announces that, and I think he'll evaluate um, the likes of Foden and Mount, the condition that they're in. Since mm. obviously, I think they've they've turned up to camp today. So um, I'm yeah, worried about I'm worried about Henderson. Very worried about that situation there. Um, he didn't play a minute in the last friendly. Um, he hasn't played for six months. Um, it worries me that we're still we're still persistent. I think mm. if Henderson's going to have any chance of playing in the competition, he needed to play that first get friendly. He needs game time, right? He should have been playing yeah. 15 minutes, half an hour with a build-up, with a view of maybe getting him in last group game to to um, quarter, uh, last 16 or quarterfinals, whatever it is, when we get there. But it's sort of worrying that he hasn't played a minute against uh, Austria and then he's still in the squad. If he's not fit enough at this stage to play a minute of football, he's not getting into the he's not getting into the quarterfinals. So uh, it's it's difficult one to tell. Are you gonna be are you gonna be bringing Jordan Henderson on for ten minutes at the end of the quarters? 
So here's my thing though on this on the Jordan Henderson. Every time someone's mentioned it, when I, well, here's what I'm looking at for me. I look at that change room, and when it comes to tournament football, you need leaders in there. You need people to get together. You need you. You look at when we went to um, we went to Iceland, and then all of a sudden, Foden and uh, who was it? Who was it? Foden and Greenwood off camp, getting into a bit of trouble. Yeah. Not real trouble, but you know what I mean. You know, broke the rules. I think they need a in there that's not just Harry Kane. Because you take Harry Kane, you take Harry Kane out. I'm talking about the the older leaders that have been there, done it. Who's there? Yeah, I think Henderson is is required he's, to be there to to do that. I, personally, even, I think you need that. Even if he's not going to play a minute, though, I I agree. I don't don't take don't take uh don't take I don't take anything away from what you're saying. But even if he's not going to play a minute. Like, I just feel like I look at that and I, I think, think he someone's will. missing I think out. he will. I think he will, yeah. I think he yeah. will. And I think he, if, 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 I think he will still be able to, to play and get involved. And I think mm. you still need to have that in and around there. There are players that don't even play a minute for other countries and are just there. I just think if you look at the historic teams that have done really well um, in any, com- com- any competition, whether it's the World Cup or the Euros, you know, you look sort of senior leadership there, like our older heads that have gone and won it. You look at Spain, they've always had that, even for just players that have like, you know, probably not going to kick a ball. I think it's just that that experience. But if you need them to, they can come on and, and do that. And I think I think it's only right to have Henderson in there for me, for tournament football. And don't forget, if it was a tournament, if it was done last year, we've only been able to take 23. Yeah. So we can take it's 26. Free pick. So it is a free pick. Henderson being a free pick for me, um, mm. The extra right back is a free pick. Do you know what I mean? And take you take one other. So um, yeah, that uh, that's how I see it for me. The the one player I know people were talking about it was Bamford because I think Bamford could have gone ahead of uh, Ollie Watkins for me. Um, the only other and then the only other player again watching him, my God, is Tyrone. <laughs> he, he he's an accident ready to happen, mate. Did you um, see I, that I'd shoulder barge in the penalty I, box? That oh, weren't a shoulder God. barge. That was like clothesline from Hill. I think VAR would have picked that up. Mate. Exactly, VAR and this is my thing. What is he? What is he doing? Like that's that's not an international player. That he's he's just almost shown his non-league side there. Like and even I would expect it then, but um, I would have had Tamori maybe over him. But it's sort of when players are out internationally, it's sort of outside, out of mind, unless you've got the hype like Bellingham and Sancho. Because uh, I actually think Tomori, if you watched him this year, fantastic season. Um, and I think he would have probably been better off than, than Tyrone Mings. But again, we aren't international managers. But I will say this, I still think there's a few things he could have he could have changed. I think some of the arguments are aren't, aren't, uh, aren't warranted. You know, Trent, he ended up... All this hype about Trent not making it, there he is, gets injured. Whether there's more to that, because uh, it's a bit strange how he did... Is getting injured. I wonder if he was carrying something in the first place, um, mm. and this was a time to to put him in and see if 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 he was. But because um, he didn't seem shocked to me, you know when he did it, he didn't seem shocked. He, he looked disappointed, but he didn't seem shocked that he'd got mm. it. It might have been because I'm sure he had injuries this this season. It might have been a reoccurrence of that. Um, so he might have known that, you know, he had a problem in that area, but. He's been playing fine on it, and then it just so happened that in this game, it's it's gone. You know, I feel bad. For, I feel 
feel bad for him because I, I wanted him to go. Um, he's, yeah, he's, he's worked hard. He's worked hard. He's proved a point. Um, he got left out. He dusted himself off, went and flew to the end of the season, um, got himself in, and then that happens. It's so unfortunate. Um, yeah. But I've got a question for you finally. Um, cool. Just the win- winner of the Euros? Uh, France. The squad's too good. The squad's too good. Mm. I, I just, mm. I, the squad is way too good. It's really good, isn't it? Um, um, I'm going to go with... Harry Kane, Golden Boot, though. I don't know, you know. Yeah, I don't think I can see further than France. I know who Aaron's going to go with, though. Right. England, mate. listen Aaron is 100% England facts I don't even need to message him and ask I don't need to I don't need to he don't need to be on the pod Aaron's 100% will say England will win it so that tattoo it's coming home then it's mean (laughs) mate (laughs) keep an eye on Aaron's Twitter when the tournament starts Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, no, 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 no! I'll take uh, looking at how we played the other day. I'll take getting to a quarter final, um, but uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see, it's definitely not winning it. Um, I can't believe that bombshell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, guys, obviously, we'll, as I mentioned, yes, we will be back. Uh, weekly updates on obviously how England are getting on and the rest of the tournament. Obviously, we'll be discussing um, any news that obviously comes in from uh, any transfer news or any other little bits in and around sort of the the leagues as as well. But as we know, I'm sure it will be towards the uh, the end of the tournament. And do get your predictions in uh, for the winners and uh, obviously uh, the, the Golden Boot winners as well. Uh, but uh, pleasure as always, uh, Mo. And uh, look forward to, to catching up with you again. But that's been uh, another episode of Playing Out From The Back. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.